Welcome to the Inspired by Her podcast with me, your host, Zoe Richmond. I'm going to be chatting to some of the most inspiring and amazing women in business about all things life, business, money, and mindset. We're going to be sharing our secrets to inspire you on your journey to success. Let's get started. Welcome to another episode of the Inspired by Her podcast. And today I have a very special guest joining me. I have Carolyn, the social strategy mama. Welcome, Carolyn. Thank you very much. I'm so happy to be here. Now, Carolyn and I came, we, our paths crossed because we're both part of the same mastermind and um, we actually only live like an hour away from each other, which is just goes to show you how small this world is. We are pretty much neighbours. Um, so for the listeners out there who may not know who you are, can you tell us a bit about yourself, who you are, where, what you do and how you became the social strategy mum? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, my business journey started about two and a half years ago, uh, running a different business. It was also an online business. Uh, and that business was basically born out of a passion project. So, um, my youngest daughter who is now seven, she was born with uh, life-threatening food allergies uh, and a whole lot of medical conditions. And so basically, as we went along our medical journey, we met lots of people who were struggling with similar issues to what we were. And um, I ended up starting a Facebook page that then morphed into a business uh, where I supported other allergy families that were going through a similar journey to ours. I have a background in health. And so I was able to kind of empower them with emergency planning and food related issues and all those kinds of things. So I ran that business for a couple of years. I absolutely loved it. And then sort of around early 2019, I noticed that people were starting to ask me questions about what I had done to build that business. And I had been quite successful with my social media. I had a small but extremely engaged audience uh, and people were like, well, what, what are you doing? How are you doing that? Uh, starting to ask all those kinds of questions. And really I'd built that community off the back of live video. Uh, that's really how I'd been kind of building my audience and connecting with people. And so I started to just have coffees with people and catch up with people and share some tips and tricks and things that have been working for me. And then sort of had this idea in my head. I'm like, I think this is more than just, you know, a little bit of chatting to people on the side. I feel like the universe was kind of knocking on my door, but I wasn't really listening. And so then I kind of had a pivotal moment, um, in late April of 2019, uh, where I became really unwell uh, and I ended up having to take some time away from my normal job. And at the time I was having issues with my leg specifically and I needed to have major surgery and I was fairly certain that I wasn't going to be able to return to my full-time employment in the way that I had done it previously, even post-surgery. And then I spent about five or six months pretty much flat on my back, unable to really get around. And during that time, I was like, what am I doing? Okay, how am I going to make money? 
where is all, where are all these paths leading me? How is this all meant to kind of work out? And so I started to do some coaching and I started to work with a couple of clients one-to-one on their social media and their business strategy and, and how they were bringing that all together. And it really helped me to have something to do whilst I was really pretty physically stuck and also really struggling mentally because I felt like my whole world had come crashing down. So I started working with these clients and I discovered a like passion for coaching people and helping people and being their cheerleader, supporting them, creating strategy with them and then helping them to implement that strategy. And my clients were getting amazing results. Uh, And I was like, oh, this is amazing. This is a thing. This is an actual thing. And so I sort of put together some programs and some short courses and I would work one-to-one with people. Uh, And then early 2020, um, I just wasn't getting the traction that I kind of wanted to get. Um, You know, I'd have really good months and then not so good months. And, it, you know, it was sort of coming and going. And I was pretty frustrated. So I was like, okay, what am I doing? Like, I need to kind of get this sorted. And so 2020 has been my year for kind of really um, having the business take off. And, and by doing that myself, I've now been able to bring that into what I do with my clients. So in kind of a long story, in summary, uh, what I do is I help mums in business explode their social media so that they can have the business impact and income that they really want. Basically, I could see that there was all of these amazing mums that had such great business ideas. They were so passionate about them and they had such potential to make an impact on the world, but they just weren't able to get their marketing together. They were really good at the thing that they did, but the marketing piece just didn't come naturally. That's not why they got into business. It was this side piece that they needed to master in order to be able to have the impact and income. And so now I have the absolute pleasure of helping mums in business to put that piece into their business so that they can bring in the leads, they can generate the people, they can sell out their programs, um, all those kinds of things so they can actually have the impact and income. And so that's what I get to do now. And I absolutely freaking love it. It is amazing. So Sorry, long way round. My biggest takeaway from that was that um, you don't have to, like a lot of people think that you have to have a degree and have been doing something perhaps in the corporate world for years and years and years to be able to create your own business around that. But quite often that's not the case and you've just totally proved that. And can I say you are incredible at what you do? You. And you don't have a degree in like, you know, that's not how you came to do what you do. So you don't have to go to university or TAFE or, you know, and go down that very, I guess that's kind of like the old school way of thinking. Like that's the only way that you can do what you do. You don't need a piece of paper. You just need to be bloody good at what you do. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that's the thing. Like I would never proclaim to be, you know, a social media expert because social media is huge and there's so many different pieces to the social media puzzle. And I'm constantly learning and I'm constantly working on my professional development. But my zone of genius is creating really simple strategies and then helping people to actually implement them. Because I can create an amazing strategy for you, 
But if you then don't execute on that strategy, then you're not going to get the impact and income that you want. So that's really, really my zone of genius is to create it and make it simple, but then to be there for the implementation and to help through that process. And that's why I love the coaching process because I get the opportunity to like really support these amazing ladies and watch them just explode their businesses. And can I just put my hand up and say, I'm one of those people that marketing does not come easy to me. I struggle with it. And like the way that you've just said that, create the strategy, simple strategy. Like it doesn't have to be this big, elaborate, big thing. Like keep it simple as long as it's simple and effective. Um, so what you do is incredible. So super helpful for people like me who are like not a marketing genius at all. And I find like writing content really hard and like all that kind of stuff. It just feels really hard and heavy. So having someone like you around. <laughs> yeah. Cause you are totally not alone. I just have to say that like that is the experience of the majority of people that I work with. And there's so many moving parts. Like people see, oh, she's on Facebook. She's on, she's doing Facebook ads. She's doing Facebook Live. She's on Instagram. She's doing Instagram. Like there's so many pieces to the puzzle, email marketing, all those kind of things. Do you go paid? Do you just do organic? Like it can get really overwhelming. So to have someone yes. to be able to kind of clear that fog and be like, okay, we're just going to, you know, focus on this, this, and this would be so beneficial. So beneficial. Yeah. Yeah. So we've just discovered social media is a big part of the overall marketing plan for businesses. Um, and it can be quite a big, like I just said, lots of moving parts, um, forever changing. Like it's mm. always different things. Yes. But I just want to talk about audience size for a minute because we can get so caught up in thinking that we need all these followers to be able to create profitable businesses. And we get caught up in this way of thinking of, you know, when I hit a thousand followers, I will start to talk about my offer or when I've got 10,000 people in my Facebook group, probably making lots of money. But I heard you talking the other day about this in your Facebook group um, and on your podcast. And I would really love to know your thoughts because it totally resonated with me. I have a very small audience, but um, I'd love to know your thoughts on audience size. <laughs> yeah. So this, this is such an interesting thing because so many people that come to me have this made up number in their head of where they need to be in order to be successful and in order to bring in income, really, because that's how they're counting success, right? Success is that the cash is in the bank. Success is that they can replace their income or take their side hustle and make it their main thing or whatever that might be. But they have this idea that they need to be a certain size to be able to do that. And I just do not prescribe to that idea because I have spent time working with people who have massive audiences. But it is absolutely not going to be helpful for your business if you've got, say, 10,000 followers. But then when I scroll down the feed, nobody is liking, nobody is commenting. There is no engagement on any of those posts. They are completely useless to the business other than the vanity of being able to say, I've got 10,000 followers. And you get the swipe up feature on Instagram. <laughs> well, yes, exactly. Which is great. That's great. Except 
The problem is that along the way, people get focused on the number and they lose sight of that engagement piece. And so what I always say to people is a small but engaged audience can ultimately be much more powerful to your business than a large unengaged audience that basically never sees your things because when it comes to Facebook and Instagram, it's engagement that drives the algorithm. And whilst I don't prescribe to this whole idea of needing to game the algorithm all the time, the reality is that when you get the engagement, when you get the conversations happening, uh, the Facebook and Instagram gods shine on you because they want this to be a community. This, they're setting up these platforms for people to be social. That's the idea of social media. So if you have a page, you know, say a Facebook page and you're posting all the time, but no one ever comments, then as far as Facebook's concerned, like that's not really very social. You're not really providing what they want you to provide. And so you tend to find that often uh, people have focused on that big number of people and they've lost their way with engaging content. And so another thing that I always say to people that I'm talking about all the time is that no amount of hacking the algorithm is going to save you if your content sucks. And like it's, I know some people are going to be like, okay, turn it off right now. That lady's rude. But really like if your content is not appealing to your ideal customer, it's not helping solve their problems. It's not providing them with information that they need. It's not helping them to transform the myths and beliefs that they're holding on to that are stopping them from achieving whatever they want to achieve. Then the content sucks. And even if you have 10 or 20 or 30,000 people looking at that content, if they're not engaging and they're not, you know, getting benefit and value from that, they are never going to go on to buy something from you. Because you build that know, like, and trust through that free content. And you, make, you can make that next step be making a purchase or a conversion of some sort. And there's lots of different types of conversions. You can purely be a micro conversion of them actually commenting and you being able to have a conversation. It can be a conversion of them coming across and joining your Facebook group or jumping onto your email list or downloading a freebie. Just as that, they're just as important conversions as them actually going on to hand over the cash. But having those conversions is about engagement. It is not about having huge numbers of people that never see your stuff and never engage with you. So I really like to strip back that belief that bigger is better when it comes to audience size. There are some businesses where having a big audience is helpful. Uh, and I, I have some clients that have got particular styles of businesses where they do need to have some audience size because part of the reason that they make their income is because they've got their audience size. But it still has to be engaged. And so I guess I like, I want to take the focus away from the size and onto the engagement. And that is about, good quality content more than anything else. So I've probably ranted about no, no, no. So I was one of those people that was like, you know, I only started my Instagram page like maybe six months ago and started from zero followers. And so I had fallen into that trap of 
I cannot put any like offers out there and I cannot get cust- paying customers until that audience size is bigger. So I was focusing on building my followers. And then I stopped and I actually listened to you not that long ago and I was like, oh, like the penny dropped that that's not the important thing. And also too, I got to realize that my conversion rates would start, were starting to fall where, as my audience got bigger because <laughs> there's more people that, it, you know, that are trying to um, reach and I wasn't getting to those people or, you know, it might be reaching more people, but no one's clicking on anything. Um, so obviously, and I did stop and think that, hang on a second, what am I actually posting? And is it valuable? And I notice on days when I'm feeling particularly lazy and I just post for the sake of posting and I look at my insights and I'm like, what was that? Like, I should have just not posted anything and not worried about it. <laughs> Because like, I was just literally putting something out there for the sake of putting something out there instead of stopping and thinking about what it was that, like, what message am I trying to get across today or what's something that my audience actually needs help with. And we can fall into that trap as well of posting for the sake of posting. But like you say, if it's not generating engagement, then there's absolutely no point in what putting it out there whatsoever. Yeah, absolutely. And I think like... it's so interesting this piece because, um, you know, I recently had a five figure launch and that whole launch process happened within my Facebook group, which I think at the time had maybe around 300 people. Well, there's the proof, isn't it? That's (laughs) the thing. And, and I think that a lot of people would have looked at that and gone, well, there's no way that you can have a five figure launch in a Facebook group of 300 people. Like you need Facebook ads. You need to be growing your list consistently. To be honest, from, from February to the end of May, I did no Facebook ads. I basically had pretty much zero list growth and zero Facebook group growth. And that, five-figure launch was in May. And all I did for that three months was focus on serving people, creating really good content uh, and really creating a community. And that ultimately led to the five-figure launch. And so it's, it's kind of interesting when people want to get into this whole thing of, you know, you've got to have a big audience, you've got to be constantly growing it and all those things. And I don't take away from any of that. Like, it's good to grow your audience. It's good to grow your email list. It's important to do all those things, but the numbers aren't going to necessarily correlate to to income and impact. I feel like like with your Facebook group, with only 300 people in there, you can be in there giving so much more value to just those like personalized value as well, opposed to if you had 3,000 or 10,000 people in there. There's a lot more people that you're trying to get in touch with and it loses that personal touch a little bit. So I um, have certainly flipped my way of thinking now about, you know, I don't want to grow my following to be these massive, massive amounts. I want to keep my community engaged and I want to, you know, help those people that I have in my community who have joined me, which is, I'm super grateful for everyone that has, um, and be able to give them the help and support that they need. I don't need thousands and thousands of people, you know, following me for my, whatever it is that they're from. And half the time they're not even following you for the right reasons is the other thing. (laughs) Yes. 
absolutely. Like that's a, like a whole nother story. Yeah. Oh yeah. I get these random people come and follow me and I think, how did you even find me? And what's your reason for, mm. for following totally. me? So I reckon at least a third of the people that are, you know, my followers right now are A, not my ideal client and B, have no intention of buying from me whatsoever. They don't even want the, the free content that I'm providing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm sure we could talk about that for hours, but I do want to touch on one other thing that I have heard you speak about in the recent weeks as well. And it's about launching because I guess it is a piece of the marketing puzzle launching and we can get, um, sucked into if we have a failed launch so we launch something and it doesn't go that we way the way that we wanted it to so automatically we go to think okay well i'm not going to launch that again or i'm not going to do that again and you said some really interesting things the other week that i would love if you could share your thoughts around launch failure with us please yes okay so firstly i just want to say that a launch does not need to be some complicated 27 step process that you downloaded for some Facebook ad because you saw some guru talking about it. Right. I think I've done that. (laughs) Well, I think everyone's done that. So I just want to preface that right from the start that a launch is simply just a targeted process that you go through to promote a particular thing. That's all it is. And for my clients and for myself, that launch can look like a whole different myriad of things, right? So let's, let's be straight on that right from the beginning. But a lot of the time when people come to me, they say to me, I launched this thing and the launch was a, was a failure. And I have to just be straight up and say that I do not think that any launch is a failure. Ever. And the reason that I think that is because only one of two things happens when you launch. You either get the outcome that you were looking for, or in the words of James Wedmore, you get the lessons that you needed to learn. And so often when people come to me, they're like, the launch failed. You know, I had a goal of bringing in 20 people and two turned up. This is, this offer is obviously wrong. I need to change the offer. I need to create a different course. I need a course, not a membership. Maybe I should do a mastermind. Hell am I doing one-to-one? Like they're like trying to find the, this perfect ideal thing that they should be doing. I just want to step in there and say like, you've totally just read my mind because I've just come off the back of the launch of my membership. And you heard me talking just the other day about how I was having so much self-doubt around the offer that I was putting out there. And I thought the exact same thing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So they come and they're like, okay, so I'm going to scrap that and I'm going to do this instead. And I have done this. I spent two years doing this in my first business. I would launch something. It wouldn't quite go the way that I wanted it to go. So I'd scrap it and I'd move on to the next thing. What I had missed was learning the lessons from the launch that I'd just done and using those to refine the process to relaunch. Because the thing is, generally when I talk to people, there is absolutely nothing wrong with their offer. Their offer is fine. Where they missed is being able to show people the value. It's the messaging. It's the way they talk about it. Or there's a mismatch in their energy 
as well. That's the other piece. So sometimes they've set this massive goal, but realistically, when we dig into it, they had so much doubt around reaching that goal that it was going to be very difficult for them to get there. And see, the thing is when one or two people buy something, that confirms that the offer's okay because someone handed over their money. Now it's just a case of finding out how we can talk about that offer in a way that connects with people more, in a way that really shows them the value. And there's so many little quick things that we can do to find that out. We can talk to the people who didn't buy and see why they didn't buy. We can talk to the people who did buy and see why they did buy. There's so many little pieces, but so often people are like, yeah, my launch failed. I'm changing my offer. You know, this is terrible. And I'm still over here back in your other launch going, let's look at the numbers. Let's look at what you did and what you didn't do, what you wanted to do that you executed. There's always often things that we wanted to do that we didn't execute on for some reason. But basically to reverse engineer that process and move back through and see like what worked, what didn't work, when did people buy, was there a particular thing that triggered the buy? All of those little pieces that make up the launch because most of the time there's just lessons to be learned along the way and if you learn them, the next time you launch, things are easier because the first launch of anything sucks. Like. Let's it's say like that. When you, like the first pancake that you cook always sucks. Yes. That kind of thing. It ends up in the bin. That yes. happens to me yeah. every time. Yeah. You've just got to do that first one, get over that, and then try again. And I guess it's similar, like, you know, when you're learning to ride a bike, if you fail the first time, do you give up then and then? No. Yes. You get back out there and you get back on the bike and you try again. I love that bike analogy because also if you get on one bike and you fail, you don't sell that bike, get another bike and then try and ride and think that anything different is going to happen. Absolutely. Right? Because yeah. you still don't know how to ride. Yep. <laughs> this is the same thing with a launch. It doesn't matter what the thing you're launching is. If you still haven't nailed the way that launching needs to be for you, then you're just going to have the same outcome. And I think it's really important to focus in on creating a launch that's right for you and your strengths and your zone of genius that is right for your audience and your people and your potential customers and portrays the value to them. Like this is not just some cookie cutter thing. It needs to be a launch process that actually works for you and your business. And that is just a process of refining. And every time I launch, I'm just refining. I'm learning lessons from last time. I'm doing things a bit differently. I'm adding in a piece or I'm taking out a piece. It's all just this process of experimenting. And the expectation that it's going to go amazingly well the first time is unrealistic. And some people fluke an amazing first launch because people really, really want what they, you know, are offering. And then they'll get into this situation where they have what we call second launch syndrome, which is where they'll have a great first launch. And then the second launch will be terrible. And there can be some energetic and strategic things about why that happens. But ultimately it's just about learning the lessons. And so you have to get out of that failure mindset. And you have to get into the mindset of I'm doing the things, I'm testing it out, I'm seeing what happens, I'm learning the lessons, I'm experimenting and ultimately I will build my launching muscle 
and and create what works for me. I love that you put it like that. Like, and that's the thing. And as our mentor says to us all the time, business is an experiment. So if if it doesn't work, so what? What's the worst thing that's gonna happen? Like yeah. you've learned all those amazing lessons along the way. And then as you say, you can tweak and refine it for next time. And eventually, like we've all got to start somewhere, don't we? We can't all be brilliant exactly. to start with. Like, yeah, and just make sure that you're comparing you've got to compare apples to apples because comparing yourself to someone who's been in business for five or 10 years and has done, you know, 15 launches, like that is not a comparison that's going to turn out in your favor. A hundred percent. And we can get so caught up in, especially because social media, like, you know, we've got it there in front of us and everyone's talking about it. Um, And we can get caught up in thinking, Oh, hang on. She just did that. Why can't I do that too? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, there was so many, so many good points in there. So many amazing tips. Thank you so much for sharing all of that with us. But where can people find out more about, like, because, you know, I want to jump on board working with you. Like, there's going to be people out there that need your help. So where can they find you? Yeah, so to find me, uh, you can go to Facebook, Social Strategy Mum to Instagram at social strategy mum or my website is socialstrategymum.com. Uh, and I also run an amazing engaged as we were talking about Facebook group called juggling motherhood and business building. So if you're looking for some real conversations about what it actually takes to be a mom and have a business, come on over and join us in there. Fabulous. I will link to all of those in the show notes so you can find them easily but thank you again so much for joining me today um i have had so much fun chatting with you thanks so much zoe it's been amazing all right we will talk to you later bye bye thank you for joining me for another episode of the inspired by her podcast i hope you enjoyed today's episode and if you did i would really appreciate it if you subscribed wherever you get your podcasts and i will see you again next week for another episode